0: People of Earth If you are hearing this you are receiving a signal from another planet Fanboy planet
1: Watch anime ships with inflatable breasts. Might be a trekkie. Uh, sit back and watch as the Uber Geek goes and kicks it up, a notch. turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the
2: definition of a fan. Bad bad boy. Bad boy. I've been over I will always okay. bad boy. And not
3: the you know, stuff. I'm only reading the one that I can all yeah. So okay. I'm not buying Captain Marvel, because I no, don't I'm read not. Captain Marvel, no. even though that's probably going to be one of the core ancillary titles. but
0: Yeah. And there it is. It's Captain Marvel themed. All right. Let's, uh, are you, are you recording as we're doing this? I am I recording up. right now, yeah. <laughs> so I keep blowing what could be a fantastic segue into, <laughs> into doing this. You know what?
3: That sounds like a fantastic segue right there.
0: Right there, yes. Okay. This (laughs) is Derek McCoy, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We're doing this podcast using every technical tool available to us. Uh, On the other side of the Skype machine, you've got the other tin can.
3: I do. The cyber can. I'm Rick Snyder. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't realize that was a...
0: I know, because you can't see me waving. Uh, we are conducting this week's podcast via phone, uh, largely because most of this week's podcast will be uh, consisting of a panel at BayCon listening to someone other than either Rick or myself talk about uh, comics that maybe you should be reading, uh, we, because Tom Galloway and I did that. And Tom, by the way, uh, confirmed during that panel that we will be uh, I will assume the same time, same room as previous years. Once again, we will be doing the Pro Fan Trivia Contest at Comic-Con, uh, Comic-Con. 2016. So uh, that's um, we shall we shall see how that goes. It all depends on whether or not Mark Wade wants to play. And of course, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate us and review us and subscribe to us if you're not already and tell your friends. You can do the same thing on the Stitcher app <laughs> or uh podtrack.com or any variety of places where you can listen to uh, podcasts Uh, as well as of course fanboyplanet.com where we have a page devoted to each and every podcast and uh, while there also there's a little Amazon box in case you hear about something especially today uh, on this podcast that Tom Galloway mentions that maybe you'd like to pick up and you cannot find it at your local comic shop and I do realize there are people that also don't have local comic shops But uh, you can then go to the Amazon box and purchase there. We get a little tiny kickback. If you'd also like to help support us in our ongoing uh, effort to fill the world with hot air, talking about comics, movies, and television, you can help support the podcast by donating money to PayPal at editor at fanboyplanet.com. I would also say, of course, that if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. We are going to devote most of this to that recording. Uh, there are, I'd say, probably two things we can talk about live here conversationally for a few minutes. First is uh, because it follows up on a couple of big stories that we've been doing on FanboyPlanet.com. One of which was, of course, talking about the casting of Captain Marvel. Uh, it's been teased by Kevin Feige that they were uh, that Marvel was planning to announce a director and a star soon, someone to play Carol Danvers. And out of nowhere this week, uh, because let's see, what were some of the people we talked about before? Uh, there were some Chloe, some, uh, Chloe, Moritz, Chloe Moritz. Uh, I don't know that that was ever serious, but she was on the cover of
3: Vogue, and that, that was a, that was Dolphins. a convincing cover of Vogue. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it convinced us of, but nice colors. Um, and you know what? And again, the sad thing was, I looked at a picture of Chloe grace moretz with a, a leather jacket and instead of going oh pretty girl the first thing i see is wait that's got to marvel's jacket yep. and i think i've gone too far uh as as a as a, as a nerd um so that was one uh troy benson had suggested why not cast an asian american actress
3: and uh did he have a suggested so, person for that role? he did not
0: i i put in um and now i'm uh, jamie chung who was in um uh, Sucker Punch, and I believe she played Mulan on Once Upon a Time. Hmm. Uh, so I put her picture in there just to show, like, hey, there are, you know, actresses that could kick ass and totally be uh, Carol Danvers. Um, so, uh, and then, of course, there were people thinking, uh, say? I would say, Katie Sackhoff was one that fans have been wanting. Uh, and out, so I think there was, there's one more I'm thinking of that people keep kept saying in the last, uh, last uh, year or so but uh out of nowhere it seems that the front runner is Bree Larson the Oscar winning actress star of Room uh which uh was a little independent drama that got a lot of attention this year and had also been on a couple of sitcoms she was Abed's girlfriend on Community for a while and oh, I've
3: uh forgotten that
0: yeah and so when one of the criticisms about Chloe Grace Moretz is you know that well she was too young i don't really feel like Bree Larson is that old either but then again i don't think that just because the character's superhero name is captain marvel that carol denver's has to be a a, a captain uh so kind of interesting thing there but definitely her stock has gone up because of the oscar and uh, we were just before uh officially starting talking about that like uh you know you win an oscar you get a marvel role uh cape lanchette who is going to play hella is uh She's at least flirted with the Oscar many times. So what was that you said? Touch an Oscar, become a superhero. Yeah,
2: your—it's
3: like,
0: uh, it's like it's a wooden stick, and then it turns into a little golden man with with a with a franchise attached. Uh, I'm trying to think. who else? Robert Downey Jr. has been nominated. Uh, Chris Evans has not yet. Uh, But Tom Hiddleston—you know—that's only a matter of time. It's just the right uh, role. Uh, well, you know, they keep talking to him for
3: Bond now. Hmm? Yeah, I don't think that's the right role.
0: <laughs> not for an Oscar, no, no. But wouldn't you like to see him play Bond? Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. Uh, and the other uh, news story that we, I think, is be worth is that it, last week, and we talked, and I talked about this with Tom Galloway a little bit. Uh, DC Comics Rebirth began with a special last week. This week, four of the new Rebirth, I guess they're, they're not really new titles because they're just specials leading into the actual ongoing comics. Are they, that they? They're were, just
3: one shots, right?
0: I think they are. Uh, And this week came out Superman Rebirth, uh, Batman Rebirth, Green Arrow Rebirth, and Green Lantern Rebirth. So Mm. you said you picked them up.
3: I only picked uh, up uh, Superman and Batman because I don't buy Green Lantern and I don't buy Green Arrow.
0: Well, the reason I picked up Green Lantern was because... Uh it's focusing on Baz, uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Well, I'm saying this to the listeners, right? It's it's Hal Jordan's in a separate book, Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. And this rebirth actually uh, kind of establishes, I I guess, for somewhat uh, the status quo for both books. Uh, and then once I picked up three of them, I thought I might as well complete the set and, and pick up Green <laughs> they Arrow. They love
3: you. They love you. <laughs> they, I
0: know. It's horrible. But I want to say the thing is that surprisingly, the best book out of the four, if you just wanted a good read, is Green Arrow. Oh. It's actually a completely self-contained story, though with the promise of, yes, he's going to go back and, and he's going to continue fighting the the. The villain that's set up there, but it's the only one that the story truly, you know, just stands on its own. It does reintroduce the idea that you know he he's encountered he encounters Black Canary. Their chemistry is instant, but in this new Fifty Two universe, they had never actually met before. Uh, but their personalities clash in a way that actually kind of fills in who they are. It's really well done, and I thought. Well, that was actually the best one. I still don't know if I'm going to pick up Green Arrow as an ongoing, but it, this book did its job in that it almost convinced me that maybe I should.
3: That one did tempt me because I've been meaning to give it another try and because I know it's gone through a number of changes since since the New 52 relaunch that I just didn't like. And well,
0: this is a Green Arrow who is a mix between the one we liked before right and and the television show. Of course. You know, of course it is. You know, and uh, but with the Black Canary, who is becoming the character
2: that we married married
0: for, you know, that that he married, right? Exactly. And so there's, you know, it's interesting thing. And I I loved the art. uh, And it was just, it was great. You know, the Superman book and the Batman book really were sort of just a. They felt like, oh, let's just kind of fill you in on what the status quo. Well, establish, I guess, really the big thing for Superman is exactly which version of Superman that one is from Convergence.
3: Well, I wonder, you know, the last – we we did see a collection of 52 issues that came out when the new 52 came out originally. Hardback, uh, kill a small dog with it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that these will stand separately better than those did if they decide to bind them all together?
0: Oh, that's an interesting – I well, I think Green Arrow definitely will uh, stand on its own. Superman, it's more of a.
2: It's a, transition you know, I, I, don't, I don't, it's
0: a transition. I don't think it's a spoiler at this point to say what had happened. Right. I mean, you know that you read no, DC rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting, it's laying out the differences really in a way that I, I don't know, not having read Lois and Clark yet, I've got to get those trade paperbacks, but, um, that, um, uh, that this, that there are differences in the, in the way, uh, Their backgrounds are and it's this the surviving Superman the one from 19 the one that was killed by doomsday in 1995 which I thought was you know it becomes a very specific reference that he did it that that happened to him uh, is that one uh, has expectations about how Krypton worked how Superman's powers work and then realizes no this new 52 one was not nearly as powerful as he is and that there are, there are changes. And so there's there's kind of a grieving thing and a changing of, well, he's stayed secret. How long can he stay secret now? Because this world does need a Superman.
3: He was starting to get flushed out at the end of the Lewis and yeah. Clark run.
0: Well, and, and he obviously did expose, for lack of a better phrase, right, expose himself at, at the end of Superman 50 uh, when he tried to save the, the new 52 version. So uh, it's an interesting... Thing there and by, by interacting with the new 52s version of Lana Lang a lot of that background and catching up if people didn't know is filled in and I thought okay you know it's, it's good it just doesn't stand alone as well and and Batman is oh yeah I could I, you know it's a Batman story but it's it's kind of a resetting and an ongoing and it just it felt a little more disjointed because I think it's it's trying to set up too many different Batman books. In one story.
3: Oh, okay, I know what you're saying then, because yeah. the detective is going to be the family book now,
0: right? And so it's you know it's not one of those like so, like some of those specials are like, well, let's do two scenes, you know, two pages yeah. checking in on this part of Gotham, but it still just had that. It, it just felt a little splintered. Like
3: meanwhile,
0: that. yeah, g- good art again. I'm not going to say that, and then you know, great art uh, in Green Lantern as well with between the I hear music. Is that me?
3: No, no, it's my phone started ringing. ring.
0: I was smelling oranges. Oh, no. Psychic Flash. Anyway, um, yeah, and the Green Lantern is setting up those alternate ideas of what's going to happen with the Green Lantern core and why uh, Why? basically at the end of Justice League of uh, the Dark Side War, why, a Green Lan- why an actual Owen ring chose Jessica, who had been Power Ring. And then she basically sacrificed herself right. so that Volthoom would go away. And she was going to be dead, but then suddenly a a ring showed up. And so it's kind of interesting. And, and what I would say about that is that it's definitely DC doing maybe somewhat organically what Marvel has already done so well is, you know, become a, it's more of a diverse cast. It's a Latina with a, with a, with a ring and, and a, Lebanese American with with a ring, a Muslim American uh, with a ring, and so you know, again, kind of changing the way people expect. And also, I did like that they kind of put in order how people got the ring: how Jordan, John Stewart, Uh, uh, Guy Gardner, and how nobody likes Guy.
3: (laughs) Well, Guy. uh, Well, do so you you hadn't read the uh, the last of the. Dark Side War. Uh, I have read all three of okay. the Dark Side War. So that was, wasn't that where she had her, she, she got the new ring?
0: That's what I said. She sacrificed okay. herself and the oh, ring sounded showed like, up. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you no. were. Okay. She sacrificed herself at the end of the Dark Side War right. and a new ring showed up and nobody knew why she got it. Right. So this is kind of, this is establishing why Jessica has that ring. So of the four my recommendation I'll try to review them all tonight is uh, Green Arrow and then of course on the flip side Marvel came out with Civil War 2. So I haven't read that yet. Have you?
3: No, I haven't. I'm getting caught up on I'm I'm actually getting caught up on both sides. So like I was I was telling you just before this I ca- I bought the last 3 issues of Batman the 50, 51, 52 and I was just like it didn't make me want to go back and find all the old ones because I didn't like that what they did with the Gordon as Batman right right character already I didn't didn't dislike it but it just didn't seem like what I wanted to read it wasn't a Batman story mm-hmm. it was more like RoboCop at, in Gotham um, but and so Fifty wraps that story and reintroduces Bruce Wayne to the role which. Some of the story, I didn't know what was going on because I hadn't read the previous issues, but the I did like the way they closed off the storyline without Batman coming in and saving everyone mm-hmm. and undoing the the fact that they were all heroes anyway. Um, but issues fifty one and fifty two were just terrific. Fifty one is an issue like we've never seen before. I'll, I'll go out on that that much of a limb. Um, just a, a, a just very solid story but charming and uh, insight insightful to the character in 52 was a in a small uh retelling of the arc without being stuff we've already seen before and there is there's a there's a current timeline and a and a number of stories from Bruce's past and that is that is the place where uh Alfred is tending to or He's, he's tending to Bruce and he's amazed because all of a sudden Bruce has no scars mm-hmm. because he's, he's undergone a, uh, a change. So those, those were, like I said, I've been reading, catching up to the stuff before I go into civil war and, and I'm, I think I'm and pick a side there. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I finally got the sense of what this one's all about. You you you've you've gotten that, haven't you? The the future telling mutant.
0: Uh yeah. So it's like minority report. Or, yeah. You know what it's really all about. Minority MT-ing report. Emptying your wallet.
3: Yeah, I I and I just don't. I'm just not buying it. It's not the same kind of buy in that you had with Civil right. War, with the original Civil War. Um,
0: Tom Brevoort just gave a, a an interview in which he said, you know, the thing is, he talks about the. A couple of things that were kind of controversial. One, he said uh, he was really glad that DC had resisted using Watchmen for so long Uh because he said it was such a great series. It stood so well on its own. (laughs) Then he admitted he said, if it had been Marvel, you would have totally seen a team up again, a fight against the Avengers long ago. Sure. We would have we would have cashed in on it even faster. So I, you know, because his interview was really about this is the nature of the business, which is let's not forget a business, right? And he said it's like you, you know, this is uh, you've got civil war. So they they were now officially saying twice a year there's a major event which is going to cross over because that's what gets people in and buying the events. And he said because there's so many good books competing for money, they have to do these events. Because they're starting to realize people are uh, event-driven and not following a favorite, they're not picking up that many further characters. That's why you're constantly having to relaunch, and why Marvel now is going to happen again in the fall. So I thought, you know, interesting, not wrong. Let's you know, Marvel
3: start- Marvel is much more the group of kids in Stand By Me arguing about which which characters are stronger or whatever. You know, and they they pander to that that kind of. A little more than DC. I mean, they both, they both do to an extent, but I think Marvel, Marvel's there in the tent with everybody.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, there we go. That's a good segue into our Bacon panel. So uh, let's take this time now. Uh, Tom Galloway, Derek McCaw. You were at a different panel at that time, weren't you? I was you?
3: speaking at another panel.
0: Yeah. What was your panel?
3: Uh, it was, let's see, that would have been, was this Sunday or Monday? Monday. Okay. Monday I was speaking on why fandoms schism you know?
0: <laughs> and then we just <laughs> and then you just start talking about it there we go why fandom schism because we have these great arguments over comic books so let's listen to Tom Galloway's opinion here we go all right well I you know I guess we'll get get it started a little bit then and I'll uh, go back over mine like i said I'm the editor-in-chief of fanboy planets I've been writing about comics. As a don't quit your day job sort of thing for the past 16 years, I used to write for uh, what was it called Daily Radar when there was actual money on the internet, and uh, way back when, and I started as a TV writer and begged of please let me cover comics, please let me cover comics, and and you know, I tell the story of my transition was I, I went to Comic Con for the first time in 2000 to cover it for Daily Radar, and uh, I walked up with no business card, no credentials whatsoever, and said, "Here's my editor's phone number. Call me. Call him. And can I get a press pass?" And they said, "Yeah, walk right in." Mm. And now you have a seven month uh, waiting period. I still don't have my hotel for this summer's Comic Con. You know, so that's the difference. I've seen that transition to us. Being kind of, I'm of that generation that's, you know, and I suspect some of some of us else in the room is, we're
2: a little bit of, a little bit of the outsider.
0: We came and we watched it become this really mainstream hobby. Uh, so it's kind of interesting, and, and I've talked to comic book store owners who say, you know, when it was the outsider, it was like you could handle, you'd get thirty books a week, maybe new titles in each each week, and it was easy to handle. And now there's an average of 150 a week. So many different publishers, and they say, you know, sales are actually up, but uh, but the slices of the pie are getting smaller and smaller because there's more and more people putting it out there, right? Um, I've also written some comics. I wrote uh, briefly three issues of the Greatest American Hero. We tried to revive that as a graphic novel. I say graphic novel because I tell you you have to do that in, in Hollywood. But uh, I wrote three issues of a comic book because there is no trade paperback of it. But I, I wrote three issues of Greatest American Hero with with Bill Cat, and I, I wrote a book called Tony Loco, which sold I think you know, dozens of copies. And uh, and I, I wrote for a book called uh, Bella Lugosi's Tales from the Grave. Uh, which is a horror anthology with Bella as the Crypt Keeper that came out like five or six years ago. Uh, and now I haven't had time to do that since, but I still read avidly and I'm passing it on to my son, the 12-year-old, who is, you know, the next generation of really of really reading it. Um, so, I mean, I, I got to throw out the first question the definition is, you know, what kinds of recommendations are you looking for? What do you think this, hope this panel will, will accomplish today? Because yesterday I helped the other panelists. We were talking about, Batman v Superman like, oh, here's the books out of Rebirth you should read. <laughs> you know, and, and, and a, everybody, I assume, does read comics at, in, in, at this, right? Okay? And, well, what are your favorites? What are the things you're already reading that, that you love? Is there love left? <laughs> <laughs> Is there money left? That's... <laughs>
1: a little nervous about DC rebooting their universe yet again because I think the last time they totally screwed it up. And uh, they do
0: too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's true. They do, they do too. There's no question. So that I can definitely talked about talk to that. You said you're going back and reading X-Men we in the eighties.
2: X-Men from the eighties to rediscover, rediscover the love because mm-hmm. i still enjoy the comics and that uh, I slowed down in the in the buying because I was like I'm not sure what. to Get
1: mm-hmm. There he is. are hey, you so okay? My leg up oh, okay. this morning.
0: Tom's in. We're just taking kind of a survey. We've begun recording. Tom Galloway, ladies and gentlemen, you want to give your bone a few days here?
1: Uh, <laughs> I got my driver's license somewhere. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I, I know stuff. <laughs> he does
0: know stuff. Tom, uh, Tom Galloway uh, is, has been gracious Thank enough for the last, how many years have you invited me in on that thing? Oh, the, about two or three, I think. Maybe uh, three years uh, of the profan trivia contest at Comic Con every year. We trade off hosting depending on whether or not Mark Wade plays, and
1: uh, <laughs> because I can actually hold my own against
0: Mark, because Tom Galloway is the only person who has beaten Mark Wade <laughs> in a <laughs> trivia contest. Uh, so, <laughs> and you're the super fan, and you know you, I thought I knew a lot until I met you. And <laughs> so thank you, I think we've read. No, we've read many of the same comics. You just remember a lot better than I do. <laughs> and, and so, um, so you're an X Men fan from the '80s. Uh, you're a little nervous about DC Rebirth.
1: How about anybody else? Well, I, sort re- I sort of have some other things. You have some things. Well, we were going to... Well, I, what I did was I actually contacted some friends. I know. I work,
0: work in uh, comic stores. So that was a question I asked before I started recording. was like, up here in San Mateo, so Lee's Comics closed their, their San Mateo outlet. They're still in Mountain View. So where do you go if you're in this area to get comics? Where do you go?
1: Because you live up here. Um... I sort of hate to say this because I do value local comic shops a lot, yeah. But partially because I've got a 35 mile commute now <laughs> yeah. each day, um, I've ended up going to Mail Order because I'm also getting like a 40 to 45 percent discount, and at the bulk I buy in, this is actually a significant chunk of money each month. <laughs>
0: right, you know, because the other thing I'll recommend up top, if you want it, there is a fantastic digital service, and I'm not, you know, I, I resisted it for a long time, but especially you being an '80s fan. Marvel Comics Unlimited, ten dollars a month, and you and they have a library of over ten thousand of their back issues, they're only they're behind by six months. So it's not a day and date. You wait six months, but but whatever came out six months ago starts getting loaded on and they're reloading their back. If you're a Star Wars fan, all the dark Horse Star Wars comics are on that library. Um, and their new Marvel Star Wars books, some for a sci-fi convention, there was a Force Awakens panel, you know. They're creating their own little Star Wars universe of comics, and they're irritatingly all good. Uh, you know, like I stopped reading Star Wars in the in the eighties when Marvel had the license before, and what just
1: because they had a giant green uh, rabbit? For <laughs> no, I love Jax. Don't you get, Don't you rip on Jax? <laughs> Jax is my favorite character. George Lucas hated him, but. <laughs>
0: The man who later gave us (laughs) Jar Jar. Hated Jax. Uh, (laughs) But um, they've done, you know, they have an ongoing Star Wars that takes place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. They've just started uh, books in the Force Awakens uh, continuity, so there's a Poe Dameron. They did a, that's C-3PO,
1: did you read that C-3PO one shot? I should have been reading the Star Wars one. Okay,
0: the James Robinson and Tony Harris doing C-3PO one shot is... is going to be one of the best comics of 2016. Has he gotten a tattoo yet?
1: No. I've, I've received their previous collaboration on
0: Star Oh, Man. yes. No, <laughs> uh, but, it, but it was the book that I thought was going to be the silliest because they announced It's like, you, the mystery you've all been waiting for is why C-3PO has a red arm. And then it's actually this great story questioning what are the souls like the souls of the droids in the in the in the Star Wars which, universe, which is actually something you don't want to look at too closely. No, you don't. <laughs> but that's the point. It's like suddenly, you know, by the time that issue is over, I'm like, oh, that's really poignant for something that that doesn't matter at all. It's just a joke. Well, no, the, I'm, the I'm thinking Awakens. more of
1: you don't want to look at it too closely because then you start realizing the droids are slaves. That's exactly
0: what they question and what they realize is that their their moral their moral siding is based strictly on who programmed them when. And, and yet they clearly have free. They have the illusion of free will. So it's a really deep comic. It's fantastic. Uh, but they have the, this Poe Dameron. They have, they had have a Darth Vader solo series that actually is far better than it had any right to be, a Chewbacca miniseries that was far better than it had a right to be. Well, they uh, had
1: experience writing Groot by that point. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: I'm catching up on Marvel Comics Unlimited <laughs> <laughs> reading Princess Leia, which Mark Waid writes. Wrote, uh, and it's really it's also like, Oh yeah, that's a question I never thought of. What was she doing after A New Hope and and having the mission of she wants to gather the survivors of Alderaan which of course had to have been. But you know, they're the things that the movies don't can't pay attention to. So it's a great deal and they've got a lot of 80s stuff and they're just loaded up a bunch of X Factor and of course everything that has to do with apocalypse, uh, despite the fact that they're supposedly not promoting X Men because of Fox doing the movies. They're doing a lot on the on this app to make sure that you have every question you've ever had about Apocalypse answered, in- including
1: why. <laughs> no, no, there is no why. There is no why. I'll tell you why. i never liked Apocalypse because it's old books. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, because they, somebody liked it, uh, but they also curate for you. So if you want to read, if you saw Civil War and you wanted to read the original Civil War, it it tells you exactly which tie in issues you need to be finding on the app, and they'll put it all together, and you can read. You can read them in their decision of what order it should be and it'll just follow naturally. So it's a great it's a great deal. Though I'm with you, I love supporting the local shop. I would much rather do that because I know because you as you say, you know, we say it's everybody knows your name, right? It's the place that you're comfortable. They go you walk in and go, Hey, here's your books and it's
1: it's nice. And sometimes they'll recommend one for you and that's mm-hmm. great. So I and mean, I've got four Facebook friends who r- own or work in comic book stores. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I have plenty of the way too.
0: So I mean, that's what I prefer, but with the rising cost, and you know, that's the other thing. is, is
1: 20 miles away minimum in either direction at this point. And, in and 10, you know, I, so I live right up there. So, so $10 <laughs> a
0: month of subscription to read
1: them digitally, though I love having them in my hand. The, the one, the one objection I have there, and it's somewhat mediated by the fact that Marvel sucks at this anyway before we get started on it, but uh, they announced a new um, digital service. I think mainly for pseudo indies, the smaller press, Comixology. not, 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 not comicsology there's something else. Oh, there is another one too. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember. I can't remember the name. And several creators are sort of going. Their publisher put them in this without asking. As like a ten, or eight, or ten dollar a month. No, that, that was the Comixology Unlimited. That was that. No, it was just, was something. It may have been both of them, but there's something. And because else.
0: The, because my creator friends were complaining about that. Yeah.
1: At any rate, it, it boils down to. Um, and this is something I've never understood about Netflix either. Um, Ten dollars a month for all the comics you can eat. How much royalties are the creators getting for this? And once if this if people end up going all the way over to the digital, where are the creators making any money from to actually do the creation of this? Now, Marvel's royalty policies on reprints generally suck anyway. <laughs> So Right, and I, so I think
0: that's the one thing that mitigates for me Is that it's a six month drag Yeah. The other, But reality for a lot of these creators Like from Image mm-hmm. and Boom and so forth Is that a lot of the royalties are coming From trade paperback sales They've got a pretty good yeah. Image aspect, Especially, but what At least for, for the Comixology Unlimited Image has pulled a sort of a, The first ones free thing You can get like the first six issues of Saga Which if you're a sci-fi fan Highly recommend Cute that opener. book what? Hugo Winner. Hugo Winner, Saga. Uh, it, and But it's only the first six issues as a trade paperback, which they're f- much further along in that than there. So you you read it, you get a taste, and you go, okay, ideally you'll go to a comic shop, or you, in their plan, you go to Comicsology and pay for the individual issues and download to your device. Yeah. So I think you'd get more money that way, but True. it's still, it's... it's
1: on, on the one hand, I, I as a consumer, I love the all-you-can-eat for... Less money than I would be giving my grandnieces an allowance if I was raising her, <laughs> but when I think about, well, who's actually getting paid for this? Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are, there are issues, and like I say, I've, I've, had, I've never understood Netflix in the sense of eight dollars a month for all this. It's like, eventually, this causes problems.
0: <laughs> they're still after, after reading Marvel Comics, The Untold Story. They're all still making more money than Marv and Len were originally when they true. set up these. <laughs> well, empires, true. <laughs> with the exception of Stan. Uh, so, Stan had lawyers. <laughs> Stan has lawyers, so did Bob Kane. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you know, we, uh, I see a, a rebirth list yeah. there. Well, so, what I
1: did was ask some friends of mine who owned or work in comic stores around the country, what, what's hot in your place, and basically, um, I got back two: one from Austin, and one from Chicago and they both agree that Rebirth I assume you mentioned Rebirth yes that well really it was a question to get, yeah, I'm still and I was nervous it. about it yes. yes Rebirth is hot um, some Hydra agent book is hot I don't know why <laughs> I, I have that here
0: in fact <laughs> yes. Pale Hydra
1: um, ironically my Facebook profile is me in a Captain America outfit with full metal shield from Halloween I really I've, need, I've never trusted I, you. I really need to photoshop a Pale <laughs> Hydra onto it now I don't realize I have an alternate cover so but, this is, but there, yes. there were some surprising ones um Star Wars, as mentioned, yes, r- running well. Um, surprisingly, um, DC has relaunched so far two of four Hanna-Barbera property books that are doing surprisingly well. Um, believe it or not, a book called Scooby Apocalypse, <laughs>
2: <laughs> has which is ba- su-
1: has s- back for a second printing, <laughs> which is surprisingly good <laughs> as a concept.
0: So, if this like is upsetting to you just by the title, it's a it's it's. I'm not I mean I did let my son uh, read it, but uh Scooby actually says the F word, but because it's Scooby it's the R word.
2: Well uh, it, it is ambiguous. It could be
0: yuck. It, it could, could be, be yuck, so. but I don't <laughs> think may, oh you're right. Maybe it maybe I'm the flaw. It's I projected.
1: <laughs> it is referring to food. It's, it could but be But they're all
0: much older. Uh Daphne is the is the host of was a former journalist who hosts like a uh, Moderately gut ghost, ghost, ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Thing staying with Fred as her producer. Uh, Velma is a scientist, and who
1: is to be about three feet tall. Yes. So we're, we're not quite sure about her. And yet. Shaggy
0: is a dog trainer uh, hired because Scooby is the first and the the failure of an experiment to make super intelligent dogs, <laughs> explaining why he can talk. And then he actually has like a Google Glass that helps him to spits it, out little three D emojis. Yes, <laughs> and, so, to help him communicate. Um, uh, the
1: the, the contro one contra- controversial the last aspect. normal normal yeah. humans yes. hunter <laughs> one, one controversial bit is Shaggy has been reinvented as a hipster, so he has curled mustache. Uh, yeah. It is and irritating. Yeah. Our, the
0: <laughs> interior art doesn't emphasize as much as Jim Lee's cover. True, but, true. You know, so the other book out there, which is uh, from that has already come out, is Future Quest, which is Johnny Quest and all the Hanna Barbera adventure characters, including the Impossibles kind of rethought. And what it looks
1: like maybe a new one? There's a female riding on the car. Yeah, there's a new
0: Impossible, and they actually, though they hadn't announced it and named it in any of the advertisement. There's a there's a quick shot of Shazam, yes. the genie. So he's in the background in one thing, and it and it actually is not violating, or at least so far, anything that was established by any of the cartoons. The other two that they're that are still to come is they hired a designer from Fury Road to reimagine. Ma- uh, I want to say Mad Wacky Races. <laughs> so uh, Wacky Raceland is coming. Um, so it's a post-apocalyptic Dick Dastardly.
1: No word of Mutley is also. No word of Mutley is also a remnant of the intelligent dog. Here. You know, I wonder that. <laughs> you know, now that you say it, that's probably true.
0: And then the last thing is, <laughs> yeah, only it's it's broadcast to everyone. No, he's snickering on the internet. Hey. Um, And uh, and then the last one is the Flintstones reimagined as a domestic sitcom today with Wilma front and center and Braun very realistically very realistically people are going we're not sure about this sort of like the middle um so we shall see there so those are selling surprisingly well the
1: first two releases are selling really well so Uh, over from Marvel uh, Black Panther is doing incredibly well because they have first name I cannot remember quite easy thank you. Tony Casey Coates uh, from The Atlantic, a noted uh, social commentator doing the writing on this. And so far, it's about what I expect from someone who's never written comic books or, as far as I know, much fiction. Uh, no, he hasn't. You're get, right. Get, getting, getting his uh, feet wet, it's not really blowing my socks off yet, but there's potential going on. There's potential. The I would agree with that. Uh, let's see. Um, surprisingly, Power Man and Iron Fist is doing well in, in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Um, Let's see. No. By David Walker. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, another see.
0: writer who's fairly yeah. new to comics.
1: Uh, image, saga, as mentioned. And right. by the way, when I said Hugo winning, back when the Hugos meant something. <laughs> Not last They'll time. mean something again. The Hugos will rise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Are you okay? Yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I stepped my knee against the thing no, there. Sorry. I have a little bit of gout in my knee right now, so doing that was painful as hell. Um, and Walking Dead, of course, <laughs> keeps going and going and going. Um, the book that saved Image. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, Monstrous from Image, which is a book I'm actually not familiar with. I have not read Monsters yet either. I keep meaning to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Marvel from Marvel. <laughs> Still doing good. Um, it also uh, it won the Hugo last. Year. It won the Hugo last year in an unpainted category. And the so.
0: interesting thing is, Ms. Marvel is the book that actually sells better digitally for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Because I believe a lot of the readership are. Young women who are and, and and young men, but who are used to consuming everything digitally.
2: Yeah.
1: I will say something mildly heretically, uh, heretical about it. I like the book. Don't get me wrong. I, I recommend the book, but I don't think it's quite as good as the hype is in terms of trying to revisit the early Spider-Man sense of a geek with superpowers dealing with family issues in school and the like. I actually like Static from Milestone back in the '90s a bit better, but. That may be because I'm male and Ms. Marvel is female or whatever. And let's so be whatever.
0: honest. We're not, as they used to say, spring chickens any longer. I was an adult back in the <laughs> <night>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know. But, yeah. our,
1: our, our mental aging is slower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Robert Washington and Brandon McGuffey were a little bit more geeky than uh, Willow Wilson. And she, she, she's, yeah. she's trying to write a geek, and I don't think she's quite geeky enough personally to quite get it. The subtlety, all the subtleties. Down. Well, I could, be, a, I could be wrong. On that.
0: But yeah. I, uh, I'm saying is now what a geek is in 2016 is very different. The challenges that they, True. Know, I said we were a generation where we were, we were a little outsidery, and now Ms. Marvel she's uh, active on a blog and you know a website with the rights of the Avengers, fansite, fan, Avengers fan fanfic, fanfic she,
1: even though she isn't the Avengers. But you can you know <laughs> you,
0: you go to a high school and don't I don't recommend actually throwing a rock. But as the saying goes, throw a rock at a student, you hit somebody who's you know writing fanfic, and you know that's. It's reality. It's the majority. I, I
1: yield to the very recent. I was, was, was recently a high <laughs> school teacher, so I know. You know
0: it's, and all my former students are at fantasy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, and reading Ms. Marvel. And that. reading Ms. <laughs> Marvel, absolutely. No, they, you know, it's true. They were. So, But. What else um, is on your list?
1: Let's see. If we go over um, to. Actually, this one's the Austin. Um, Doctor Strange is doing well. It's a very interesting storyline right now. They've got a alien group that's basically been eating all the magic of the world. And as a last issue, all that was gone except for a little bit. There was hidden weird places that he's gone off to look for. Um, but they've been doing a very good job of the toll of magic and the like. It's like, um, according according to this version, basically Doctor Strange last had a hamburger sometime around 1979. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since then, because he's been using so much magic, all he can eat is like these things that taste like rock!
2: (laughs) Like rock. (laughs) Okay. Go go back to Scooby. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Rock. And and you're sort of, you know, basically like like the the Klingon card dish type worm type thing. So they taste like writ. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yes, the die. The die. But, uh, but, uh, (laughs) no, it is interesting because
0: the book is selling really well at the same, it's a, it's, if you've got to say, the synergy of the excitement I'm hearing from kids. I was just on a camping trip with my son, and all the kids talking about their excitement for Doctor Strange the movie coming out. And again, talk about your upstairs. Uh, uh, when I was, uh, how many
1: Kemper bitches were there? <laughs> they were all boys.
0: So, uh, so probably zero. Okay, yeah, and they were Mormons. So no, you uh, but but that we're talking kids from age six to twelve, and imagining when I was six, in that age range. I was the only kid who knew who Doctor Strange was, and I was considered strange. So, yeah. But they're all talking about yeah, this is going to be exciting, and it's, you know, and, and they're all
1: looking forward to that. And the book is my son loves that book
2: too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, various Spider-Man team ups: Spider-Man, Deadpool, Spider-Man, Punisher, doing well. Um, I didn't know there was a Spider-Man Punisher. I have lost track. <laughs> Apparently, there is. Although I, I have to admit I'm not I, I was unaware of that one. I'm wondering if she might have made a typo for a for Daredevil Punisher on that. Oh yeah, yeah. there is a Daredevil Punisher. So. Um, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently, it's, it's a really, miniseries
0: that just finished up. Yes, it's actually really good though. My son, it's another one that I picked up for my
1: son and liked it. Um, first issue of Mockingbird. You'll notice a lot of second to third tier Marvel books are coming up here, um, for all ages. Uh, not Wonder Woman, but Legend of Wonder Woman.
0: Yes. The retelling it's coming
1: out. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, this is a Ms. Marvel like one of you've got a black girl in Manhattan who is certified genius who basically ends up bonding with the old Kirby character Devil Dinosaur who is a giant red T Rex. And so far, oh, this is
0: the longest run that Devil Dinosaur has no, ever he made, had. He made
1: tennis shoes. Did he make tennis shoes? Yes. Well, they
0: okay. They just made seven with Moon Girl. So. Yes. It used to be Moon Boy. Who was the? Who was K boy? Who was a K boy? <laughs> Australopithecus, sort of, sort of,
1: yes, yeah. And it, it's a fun book. And um, and as as uh, Molly put it, and surprisingly, Grumpy Cat.
2: <laughs> There's apparently a Grumpy from Cat book. from
0: Dynamite. There's Donamite. a Grumpy Cat
1: book that's selling in Chicago. I don't want to
0: know. <laughs> no, Grumpy <laughs> Cat is selling again, embarrassingly well. But, <laughs> but but that's the thing is we're back into a t- time of diversity. That is, I mean, I want to bring up one that because it just it just. Uh, oh, did I grab it? The, it just came
1: back. Um, Archie has revamped... Ah, yes. By the... It sh- should actually be up here on the panel, Mark Wade. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking... They
0: went uh, on horror. Yes. Uh, so they just <laughs> relaunched this, which is Afterlife with Archie. The zombie apocalypse is triggered when ju- uh, Hot Dog is run over <laughs> and Jughead is grieving so much. He begs Sabrina to bring him back. and it she, To life. <laughs> to life, and it triggers the zombie apocalypse. Because Sabrina, unknowingly, was also being raised to be the bride of
1: Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> and Reggie, of course, <laughs> ran over Hawthorne. And Reggie <laughs> is the one ran over. Yeah, and this is...
0: So they've done eight issues, and then they had some funding and timing. it, it it's just it's been a while. Well, I, I
1: think it's mostly Roberto. Well, no, I know.
0: I'll say timing. <laughs> I, it's, it's probably true, because their chief creative officer is... All over the place, but uh, and he's writing this book. It's
1: kind of the Jeff Johnson syndrome with a much smaller line now, of comics. The, the very ironic thing, by the way, is he sort of broke broke into comics visibility by writing a play. Based on yes. Archie and doing interesting things with it. Um, Archie's Weird Mysteries. Something like that, yes. Yeah. And he got sued, and they had to change the names slightly, yes. etc. And now he's the chief creative officer of Archie's. <laughs> and taking what he did in that play and turning it into a
0: CW show called Riverdale, which will be on in the fall. Uh, <laughs> as, as far as we know not
1: crossing over with Flash Arrow.
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> the one show that will
1: not do however i zombie apparently is a possibility <laughs> yeah so um, yeah so
0: this is their horror line they have a couple uh, they had promised even a Vampironica but we haven't heard anything about that since last summer but they have relaunched the regular Archie book as a more uh, modern sensibility Mark Wade. Yeah. Uh, on the, on the right. other hand
1: as Mark repeatedly states his first um comment on Archie is first to do no harm so it's still Archie I mean it's modernized he no longer has, a, a, waffle, he no longer has a waffle iron on, his, on the sides of his head <laughs> uh, etc but you know he's still clumsy he still has a bit of an ego he still wants to do well but good hearted it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good book and it's what funny. I like
0: best about it too is that they also include like classic Archie stories from the 40's in the back so each issue ha- has a little four or five page backup. Jughead, they have a Jughead by Chip Zdarsky, which is pretty good. That also does that, you know. And Betty and Veronica is coming from Adam Hughes, mm-hmm. so they're going for the cheesecake factor there. But you think it'll sell? <laughs> it'll sell. Uh, a Frank Cho
1: covered now.
0: <laughs> really, isn't isn't a Frank Cho cover in Adam Hughes' book kind of like gilding the lily just a little too much? Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, is that, so that's is there, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah,
1: now, now, there are two books that I was very surprised these weren't mentioned by the people I asked, okay, um, so. particularly Molly. Um, but two books I'm very really fond of from Marvel are um, Patsy Walker Hellcat by Kate La. That's a fun book. Yeah. Uh, basically, Hellcat is you know about a fourth tier character in every possible way, powers, uh, not- notability. The one sort of interesting gimmick about her well, two if you count being married to the Son of Satan at one point, um, is she's basically a character from the 50s um, Marvel Archie line, or Atlas Archie line, of Patsy Walker growing up in a small town, very Teen much model. like Riverville, et cetera, et cetera, tied into Millie the Model, that sort of thing.
0: Who also appeared on Jessica Jones on Netflix. Yes. She's Jessica Jones' sidekick on the on the Netflix
1: series. Point taken. Yeah. And so um, this, is, this is one where basically she's trying to set up a temp agency for super-powered people who don't want to be superheroes or (laughs) (laughs) supervillains, While living living her life as a probably late 20-ish woman in New York, Um, very interestingly diverse cast. Um, I'm trying to phrase this properly, and I'm probably going to step on my foot here. Um... There are several gay characters in the book who are very well integrated in that they're not necessarily shouting out, Hi, I'm gay, even though one of them, well, runs, a gay, one of them runs a gay bookstore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an
0: inclusive book. It's a very it's a diverse yes. cast, It's a, and it, it, I think it's doing well. because. It, uh, but again, there's another division in readership. There's people our age, people that are more the, the, the traditional readers, and then, and then even the art style on... Is it Kate Leth? Yep. Doing, the she's doing the writing, she's doing, she's the writing. She's doing the writing. I don't remember who the artist is, but it's definitely in the style as Squirrel Girl was too, uh, is to kind of uh, the webcomic kind of thing. And I do think that there's a different, it's a different style, and it's a different. It's definitely
1: it's not a, it's definitely not a Kirby superheroes. Yeah,
0: and it's a different, it, it's a different appeal. It was an adjustment for me as a reader to have to to go to that. Like it's mm-hmm. in the style of one that does really well with with. Uh, Young men and women, uh, Lumberjanes from Boom,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, or is it Cub Boom? The imprint that, that I, right. I, I don't remember, uh, or Boombox. I don't know. They've got <laughs> like three different imprints. Um, but that—that's a book that sells sells a well. But again, it's says it's an art style that's more like you'd see it in a web comic.
1: I believe and, they're doing a crossover with Gotham Academy.
0: They are, which is another great book. So, <laughs> can we talk about
1: Rebirth a little bit? Since you're well, there, there, there's just one because one more. because you mentioned that. Um, and I'm really surprised neither Randy or Molly mentioned this. I love Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Squirrel Girl is fun. And by the way, so you
0: mentioned these two people. What are the comic shops? Let's give a shout out because since I'm recording this, it goes um, naturally.
1: Sure, uh, Rogues Gallery in Austin, Texas. And I think she's now at G-Mart because... G-Mart. In okay. Chicago because recently changed jobs, so I'm not quite as sure on that one.
0: Okay, okay. Um, so Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl who's yes. all over the place uh, in marketing. Cause yes,
1: Wasn't last year they
0: wanted... Marvel, like, licensed a series of characters for toys and t-shirts that Squirrel Girl was part of it was um, but
1: you're not thinking DC Superhero Girls no no
0: no it, it, it never went anywhere they announced it and it was it wasn't called the Defenders maybe it was the Champions that they tried using <laughs> the Champions and it was all no like champ, a,
1: Champions they couldn't use for a book title so I'm pretty sure they couldn't use it for a teacher <laughs> mind. yeah so I, I, can't, I
0: can't remember what they what, anyway. what they called the team but it was like all third tier like Squirrel Girl being if you're not familiar with that character the gag originally about Squirrel Girl is that all her great victories, which by the way she was secretly the most powerful hero in the in Marvel she universe, she's
1: beaten Doctor Doom, she's beaten Galactus, Galactus. she's beaten Thanos. They so all happened off it. off page, right? like <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, so. <laughs> okay, first year Squirrel Girl for managing to defeat me
0: by. But in the book, but in her actual solo title, they finally figured like they showed how she beat Galactus and. It was awesome. <laughs> it was great. She overfed him on nuts because she's a.
2: Squirrel. <laughs> and and her
1: catchphrase is kicking butts and eating nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get it reversed. Yeah. <laughs> basically, if you're not familiar, her powers are she's got a squirrel tail, she can talk to squirrels, and she has the proportional strength, agility <laughs> of <on> a <the> squirrel. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's a computer science major. I, I'm actually serious. This, uh, as as a CS person myself, this is a book that actually made a fun two pages of a riot breaking out over the acid principles of database creation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, it's a it's a fun book. It's a really fun book. So, uh, oh, oh, or, or co superheroes also going to the same school are uh, Chipmunk Hunk and Koi boy. boy. I was going to mention that that she has her team. <laughs>
0: Marvel's doing some really interesting stuff, and so is DC. But it got lost in the New Fifty Two relaunch. I think we just mentioned Gotham Academy, which is a really cool. It, it's Batman appeared, I think, in one issue, maybe two. Um, Robin goes there for about half an issue. <laughs> for half an issue, he, the new Robin, Damian Wayne, the the son of Batman and the grandson of Ra's Al Ghul. He's got issues, uh, and and certainly about authority about 150 issues. Now he's <laughs> yeah, <talking about laughs> authority issues. So he was he was uh, kicked out very early on. Uh, but it's it's about a group of students that go to this school in,
1: in Gotham City, where all the teachers are. The for non comic book villains from Batman sixty six. <laughs> You've got the bookworm running the library.
0: <laughs> Hugo Strange is there. He's the ther- the counselor, school counselor. Uh, I don't
1: think they've worked uh, William uh, uh, Omaha McElroy in as a professor. No, in no, no, but it's
0: uh, <laughs> but it, it's just a, they're solving mysteries on on campus in the history of Gotham and the Arkham family and the Cobblepot family and it's done much to really. Be, and it's a great way for kids to get in. And as you mentioned, they're going to cross over. I think this summer is uh, the first issue. Will be Lumberjanes and the students from Gotham Academy will have an adventure together. So that's a really cool one. Which is surviving the rebirth, which you're for You know, they they just did a like a, a end of summer, end of year special to say this is the first year of Gotham Academy. Boom, and then they're coming back to sophomores uh, or the main because some of them are older. But uh, so they'll they'll relaunch with the, with this rebirth which, if you're not familiar with that, who said five years ago DC had this event called Flashpoint, in which uh, the end of season two of The Flash if, if happened. You watch, yeah, if you watch that <laughs> 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 uh Barry Allen went back in time to stop the murder of his mother, and when he which did... Which itself
1: was a retcon, by the way. Yes,
0: I know. I don't like that aspect of DC. Where uh, what I used to love about, the D, about DC Comics was that the heroes were here, with the exception of Batman... Most of the heroes were were heroes because that was the right thing to do when you got superpowers. That simply was, you know, and that's what I grew up believing. I have many friends that say, "No, I would fight crime. I would not fight crime. I'd probably cause some, okay. uh, or I would just stay quiet because the government would come after me." And there's all these other things, which has the complexity of, of today, but originally there. And then they all got retconned. Even uh, Ray Palmer, they did a thing where it was like he became the Atom because he had his powers, but a firefighter was his brother. Uh, died as a result of a mm-hmm. you know, fire, and it's because you know the Atom could have saved him if he'd
1: used his powers as the Atom. I'm like, no, they're not. They don't have that dark driven. But anyway.
0: Well,
2: they, I,
1: find, I find that, actually find that interesting because um, there have been a few incidents that, that I've been involved in where, where I've been the only one You've one to, only used your superpower Well, no. I've been the only <laughs> one to do
2: something. Mm-hmm.
1: And I actually attribute that to growing up on the classic DC, oh, I, DC Marvel writing, you know, what would Superman do here? Uh, one instance um, was in the uh, Yale Marching Band, and we were outside the stadium after after a game, yeah. you know, getting sort of lined up to do stuff, and our drum major had this really fancy hat he had bought, maybe a couple hundred bucks, and two people from, we assumed the other school, <laughs> because it was not that school, ran up and grabbed the hat and started running you know, let's get him. Now, we've got like 80 people here.
0: So you use your marching powers. Well, well no, t- the point is, we've
1: got 80 <laughs> people here. The drum was popular. It's not like we didn't like him. <laughs> going after two unarmed people who are not going to pose any real physical danger, I was literally the only person who went after them. And then I should get away because I basically tossed the hat back and forth, and, you know, yeah. etc. But literally, I was the only one who went after them. And, you know, this is really weirded me out, and meowing, I was also an only comic book fan. I know, but, uh, you
0: know, I know that's interesting. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, We should suggest this panel for BACON next year of, like, you know, what do they teach us? The morality of comic books. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing. So, uh, but to get to why this is all happening is Flashpoint yeah. yes. reset the DC universe. And they relaunched everything from issue one and set, and the characters were all
1: younger. Only only five years since they all started. Yeah, so... And how Batman got through five Robins in that period, we don't want to know. (laughs) Which, (laughs) have you had a chance to read Rebirth number one? I've heard it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, the the explanation now is that some cosmic entity... Won't say. Uh, his name has something to do with New York. Uh, is is uh, and Alan Moore couldn't get any more angry with DC anyway.
1: So let's do it. Well, no, I'm just picturing everyone around Moore going, "You want to tell him?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're all saying no. <laughs> and even now, I've
0: circled, I've I put salt around this entire hotel so that we're safe talking about it.
1: Oh, look, a giant
2: steak! No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> glycon,
0: well, uh, or says he worships the snake god, the <laughs> two-headed snake god, right? Wow. Glycon. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, that entity took ten years away. From all all the heroes, which and took the the love away, took the oh boy. We talk about that as a, a repudiation, because there was a they, even in this new fifty two, because they had fifty two books. They were the new 52. well. Also,
1: Dan DiLeo just seems to have a fetish for fifty. He does have a,
0: have a have a fetish for it. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that uh, there, there was an edict that came down that superheroes couldn't be married because that that's not who they're trying to get. A lot of these books. Would I be right, sir, in that fantastic Boom, Doom, Evil Dead t-shirt, which I totally <laughs> covet right now, I'm just describing it for the podcast, it's beautiful, uh, <laughs> that, did, did the New 52 kind of drive you away from some books, too?
1: Yeah, Oh, well, because I know the owner of the shop for, like, 20 years now, it was like, I'll give each of my normal titles ten issues, and that, that's a... Ten, a that was generous. Yeah, and... So, like, one of my favorite characters was Green Arrow, and he didn't make the cut after 10 issues. It was like, goodbye to you, <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, there were several comic books that went by the wayside. Yeah, I didn't like, like the real you to, to plug your store there, by the way? Oh, the, uh, it's the, the, the comic shop, the comic book shop in San Leandro, in yeah. California.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, though, uh, by all accounts, it was too late for me. I didn't get on board. But uh, the showrunners, <coughs> Arrow, came on board and wrote a, a couple of arcs. Jeff Lemire took over Arrow as well and so apparently where it's ended up has gotten much better and closer to the Green Arrow that you remember but that's one of the things with The Love in DC Rebirth Uh, Green Arrow meets Black Canary, and they both look at each other like they should know each other, but in the New 52, they never
1: have. Well, in fairness, they screwed that up before the New 52 started. Yeah, that's true, (laughs) too. Okay,
0: all due uh, respect for Judd Winnick but there was some confusion there. And then maybe that was editorially driven. I mean, that's the thing, is I'm waiting for 20 years from now, let me live long enough that they do that muckraking book on the history of D.C. so we can finally find out what really was going on editorially and they're struggling who's fighting who I've heard a lot of things and I go, I don't know what's true.
1: Well, the the problem, the problem I have with rebirth is okay, Jeff Johns is saying all the right things in my opinion. Yes, he's also not going to be writing comics for a while. <laughs> and so it is unclear to me how much influence he's going to have on them.
0: Here's what I can what I can say right, right now. Jeff Johns, who wrote this rebirth special which was 80 pages for 299 released Monday. But although uh, the second printing, if you go back to your store, will be five ninety nine. Uh, but stores had plenty of them when last I checked. Um, is that he worked with every writer to kind of lay out and say this is what we're trying to achieve. The special very clearly says these things. Like the first thing they do is you know say Green Arrow and Black Canary meet. Aquaman proposes to Mira because this narrator says. Love was taken away. Yes. And but, so they're but, married, again. They no, married, I'm, I'm
1: married sure, again. I'm sure I've talked to everybody, but... Well, <laughs> and they
0: announced this morning they, uh, that he uh, is co-writing at least the Green Lantern special because he cannot quit. Okay. You know. but, but but the point being, he's not going to be the editor. No. He, because he in t- the last two weeks, he's gotten a very different job that everybody assumed he already had, which is that he's the, now going to be the Kevin Feige of DC Films. Because now that he's (laughs) reborn, you know, given a reboot of comics, they went. Batman v Superman kind of sucked, Uh, so we need you to work your Jeff Johns magic on that, which everybody thought he'd already done. So he was getting a lot of the blame for it. And well, I'm still not sure how much he had to do with Green green Lantern, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't think he had as much. I mean, they it's like they took things that were definitely his pet concepts. Yes, but um, it was very marketing driven. You know, they tried to create a Star Wars cantina before you had a you know. That's what they thought they were doing, you know. That's why the toys. There's so many lantern toys that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry.
1: You tell me you got, we're doing Green Lantern movie and we are going to show the Guardians and the like, it's like. My first thought for toys is 3,600 aliens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you have to establish them first, and you have
0: to make sure the movie's good. They're established to me already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's the problem. It's sort of like you gave me. The, you know, we we alluded to this. This was the top. News story of the week in comics, as far as the mainstream media was concerned, was this last panel of Captain America. And you said to me Saturday night, oh "But you have to understand, there's 75 years of established continuity." And I'd say, "Well, Marvel's trying to get people not in this room. Well, they, you want people in this room to buy their books, but they want to they want other people to go in and buy these books and be
1: who maybe aren't comic re- comic readers before. So there, there's still ways that would make more sense." I, I, yeah. I mean, does everyone know the spo- what happens at the end of this or mind hearing the spoiler? Any problems?
2: No problem.
1: Okay, basically at the end of this he kills somebody and says, Hail Hydra! Oy. And they work in the book to make it at least look seriously like he has always been Hydra. To which the comment of every continuity geek was worst double agent ever. <laughs> Although I give you credit on the site. For yes, that, I, I thought. <laughs> like, you just stand aside. We weren't taking over the world fifty-five times already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's also the issue of and how exactly did you pick up near again? <laughs> but it's the first issue. I mean, you know, but, 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 but but if they have established it as as a lot of us suspect will eventually happen. Of Cap has been. Brainwashed, false memories implanted, some way of not all the continuity is "quote unquote" wrong, but this is the current status quo. I think you'd have a, actually a much stronger story of wh- what if Captain America became Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we'll just see. I, I, I go first just like you said, ten issues. Um,
0: I'll, I was not a Captain America reader, so I'm Cat, I'm coming on board this to see. Okay, tell me how this is supposed to work. But I'm so cynical for the same reason you are. You know, I'm sorry. I got new fifty-two saying this is the way it is. Uh, a storyline that even began by saying this is the way it was always meant to be. Some other supervillain, as of yet, still never actually resolved, had split DC. every version you read before was the weaker. Watered down version of the new fifty two, and this is the way the universe was meant to be. And now they're saying, and that was so they could merge wild vertigo. Just and kidding, just kidding. Uh, you know, but, this
1: is. But, but going back, the thing is, I mean, Jeff is going off to do whatever. Yeah, he may have managed to uh, kicking and screaming get get permission to write half a book or whatever.
0: Yeah, but, and I'm sure it is but, only this first one. Yes,
1: but um, the people who are still going to be running the editorial are Dan Didio and Bob Harris. Yeah. I never thought Harris was a good editor back in the 90s. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's no indication that the editor, I mean, all the editors are staying the same, and mm-hmm. there's no evidence that the under- underlying editorial philosophies have changed.
0: That is, that is true. And I did feel reading that rebirth that there's a lot of re- direct slapping of things that I know Dan DiDio had said. And
1: DiDio has a strong reputation of being a micromanager. Yes, that is true too. So, Rebirth for me is, this looks good, interesting. I don't know what it's going to be like after a year. <laughs> but let me throw out some things that maybe from that I feel that
0: you can trust reasonably because even in the New 52, certain threads have been strong there's going to be so one of the actions of DC Rebirth is that the version of Superman that they had who is so dumb Uh, you read Legends of Tomorrow where the short story was had Sugar and Spike yes where Superman was so dumb he hid all the kryptonite on an island, he made himself in the shape of himself. And, you know, that's... that's to be
1: honest, that sounded more like a Jimmy Olsen story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Like,
1: Yeah, you're reading like it is Jimmy Olsen. Thank you. That's exactly what was wrong with it to me. Um, but I that was actually my comment when they announced the casting of uh, Jimmy for Supergirl. I don't care if he's black or not or whatever. I just want my Jimmy Olsen to be a big-hearted egotist who will eat or drink anything daily, <laughs> <laughs> thinking glowing that Superman is left lying around. <laughs>
2: <over laughs> unfortunately, no, he's being
0: portrayed as competent. Uh,
2: so <laughs>
0: but uh, but anyway, that Superman is, has died, and so his powers have gone. So there's going to be a book called New Superman, which I. That's, which the, I, that's the China one, isn't That's it? the China one. That's why I trust because Gene Len Yang, who is one of the best alternative comics, independent comics writers, and local, he lives in San, o, San Jose. Uh, he had written Superman for a while, but he's done some of the best graphic novels uh, American born Chinese, mm-hmm. and uh, The Shadow Hero was fantastic. That, I don't know what you're saying. Have you read that one? Uh, that's yes. a recommendation. I don't you know. But I mean, the people in the, in the audience.
2: He taught with him. Oh, did you teach
0: with Jean? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I don't know. Okay, great. Yeah, so here he is.
1: He's writing the Chinese Superman that, you know, and so that's a character. And, and he did a lot of research just to figure out what the right name for him yeah, is. His, yeah, his I mean,
0: and, and he his heart and soul is in this book. There's a passion. Uh, but the, so the previous universe, Superman, is the one who's been operating in secret on this new 52 Earth, and now he's going to come to the forefront, and that's the Superman.
1: And interestingly, this is the one who is married to Lois
0: and now has a 10-year-old kid who's starting to display powers. Which is the book I want to read most. Now there's going to be Super Sons, the Super Sons, and that's, uh, and that's this... Is he Christopher? Uh, Jonathan. John, he's Jonathan. Okay, I called him Christopher, Christopher Christopher's
1: the uh, son of... uh,
0: uh Zod. Zod, yes. Yeah, okay. That's how confusing it all got, right? <laughs> I mean, there's just so many different kids. Who he became? Then he became the Nightwing of Candor, and <laughs> and was wiped out in Flashpoint. Yes. Uh, so, okay, Jonathan and Damien... Are going to be Batman. Fred, son of Batman, uh, are going to team up in a book called and, Super Son.
1: Jonathan is basically your naive 10-year-old who really is not, as far as I can tell, not a super genius. Uh, it's taking him this long to figure out something maybe interesting about his father. <laughs> 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 that, that, that sort of thing. You know, so uh, Damien is a very old, screwed up emotionally uh, trained assassin who is really got to be ragging on this kid if they write it at all accurately. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, and they've got both... Any trade paperback you can catch up on Damien, and he's been... I don't think he's been handled poorly by anybody, but um, he's been very limited. Who's So the latest series
1: I was not fond of.
0: I kind of liked it. Uh, Robin, son of Batman. Uh, but what's handling it, if you want to catch up, is any of the new uh, animated films. So Justice League vs. Teen Titans captures Damien in a nutshell... Uh, you know, it, absolutely perfect and uh, there's also there's going to be a Teen Titans book in which Damien has decided that because he is Robin it is Robin's job to lead the Teen Titans and the Teen Titans don't really agree with that uh, <laughs> <Kind of> because <laughs> any sane person hates his guts about <laughs> <laughs> <Right>, three <not for laughs> seconds after reading kind me. of <laughs> he has, a, yeah. he
1: has a, an interesting detente with, with Nightwing with, with Dick Grayson that was, actually, that was actually an interesting turnaround because when he became Robin uh, Dick Grayson was Batman he so basically had Batman was as close as you can get to happy fun Batman <laughs> and Robin's like
0: <laughs> it, it, it's almost like that, you know, Doc Savage and, and Monk or Rennie. It's like we're not killing anyone on this adventure. <laughs> and is like, we aren't. Come on, let me do
1: it. Let me do it. And he's the ten-year-old, so it's a
0: little psychotic,
1: but little, <laughs> little. But I mean, it's an interesting. I think all only reason they have is Robin, because if they don't have his Robin, he's going to be out there as, as the equivalent of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but that's but that's
0: what makes it an interesting struggle. And you're back to that morality. It's the close in a weird way by making one of the most Marvel-like. Uh, DC characters. Um, it is an interesting discussion, and I, my son and I have had a lot of discussions about Damien and that morality. What do you do when you've been raised by a moral, to me anyway, amoral characters, Talia and
1: Ras Al Ghul? Well, and then it, it depends on how you write them. Um, yeah, well, okay, I mean, if, they have their honor. They, they do have their honor. Well, but if you look at how Ross was originally portrayed. He can be portrayed as the good guy. Cause his theory is basically massive overpopulation ruining the earth. It's not a great thing, but we need to get rid of a few a few billion. Uh, yeah. He I'm must the wipe out
0: 90% of the earth's population. But but, but he's a really, good guy. But you <laughs> know <laughs> what? He, he gives to UNICEF. Uh. <laughs> but, but he's not <laughs> doing it for giggles like the joker. No, that's true. It, it, he has a reason. That's true. There's money which makes him an interesting opponent, right? Um, but uh, you know, he is a care uh, you know, so Damon's been raised to be that, and now that he's consciously making that choice, he wants to be like his father, but you don't just turn that around overnight, and so it is a very interesting struggle, and he doesn't get along well with people, and he's trying to learn all these skills.
1: Although he gets along great with every species of animal he's ever encountered, you know, that's that, that,
0: that's that's true. We now uh, have
1: we now have bat hound, bat cow. Yes, I love the bat cow. exists. Certainly, the bat cow has only been in the bat case. <laughs> we so actually have actually had bat cow go out and stop it and Cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: pure protein, fortified with the milk. You know, uh, I, I don't know, but uh,
1: wasn't there bat milk in the sixty six? Didn't he drink his cup of bat his glass of bat um, milk? No, he drank the buttermilk to prevent uh, one of the. Uh, hypnosis well, the, the buttermilk battermilk it's like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so. I don't believe they actually called it bat buttermilk uh, no, so no. Far as the <laughs> but
0: there are I mean, my point is in Rebirth there, I think there's room for a lot of fun I think there are characters uh, books I'm not going to be interested in at all but there will be there's a promise of the Justice Society returning and for whatever reason that not the Earth 2 version that they currently have where they're like the 2014 uh, rethinking of who they would be, and I'm like, that's all well and good, and maybe that gets the next generation. But I want to see my version, uh, the version I grew up with, uh, you know, Jay Garrick and Alan Scott and and all those characters. So apparently, they're coming back because Rebirth, the comic, um, includes Jeff, Johnny. Jeff, Jeff,
1: Jeff basically stated that in a recent interview. Yeah, he yeah. said, you know, uh, so one one of the controversial things about the whole Rebirth is. What they're doing is, for a lot of the big name books, Batman, Superman, Flash, etc., is twice-a-month publication. This is also another case of, okay, how many artists are you going to kill for this? <laughs> In the sense of, you're definitely going to have to have multiple artists on a book. and will Well,
0: Wonder Woman has a solution, is that it's two parallel storylines. So Greg Rucka is writing the whole thing, but the first of each month will be Liam Sharp and the second uh, alternate will be Nicholas Scott. And and, and they're alternating storylines. So I I suppose you could choose which one of the Wonder Woman's But that's that's still using multiple artists. Yeah, no, but I mean... And I I know that. I I guess I'm friends with Mick Ray. When he was talking about when Even New 52 came and they said, it's going to be no book will be late except unless Jeff Johns wrote it. (laughs) Or or Jim Lee drew it. Uh, If you have a chief... Chief something officer in your title, you can be late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, boss, boss, I'm late.
2: Yes, <laughs> but, but you know, <laughs> I but you know, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I know that they that they really did. They worked very hard. Patrick Leeson worked very hard to keep Batman and Robin on on, on task, and and Robin, son of Batman as writer and artist when that was announced is like okay, you know that's hmm. that is tough. It it has its precedent. It is done. But you know, I think about it when we grew up. You'd have those fill-in issues. Oh, when we grew up, up,
1: I could say, "Okay, next Thursday, these five books are coming out. The following Thursday, these five books are coming out." Well, you know, but I mean, you'd have a fill-in
0: if there if somebody missed their deadline. It was like there was the dreaded deadline, the, the, the dreaded <laughs> deadline doom that that famous Howard the Duck, right, where it became that weird prose issue uh, by Steve Gerber, you know, or they'd have an inventory story
1: and or a reprint. Marvel did a lot of reprints for a while Marvel did there. a lot of reprints, I mean, and so yeah, Jim, Jim Shooter gets taken down a lot and. Probably deservedly in some cases, but the one thing you have to admit is, at the time he he got hired, Marvel did need someone to make the damn trains run on time. Yeah, but, And he did that. Yeah, <laughs> he gets a he gets a bad rap for yeah. things that
0: did save the industry. Yeah, you know, that so um, yeah. So I mean, but, but,
1: but anyway, so they're going to be publishing it twice a month. And Jeff, in a recent interview, said, okay, the other books are coming. We need to get the thing established, so we're doing the big guns first. So he basically said, yes, Justice Society is coming, Legion of Superheroes yay, yeah. is coming, Adam, Adam is coming. Except Basically, all the things in Rebirth that are hinted at or shown that don't get through the book immediately, yes, they're, 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 they're on the schedule, but not right now at the launch.
0: Plus, they're handing Gerard Way... Uh, What is the name of it? My Chemical Romance. Yeah, but but he's got an imprint that's like what Vertigo was. It's Uh, it's Vertigo. Yeah, but it's animal people or... Something like that. Human animal, I don't know. It makes no sense But there's a a Doom Patrol coming. There's Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, uh, which as a title, it's like, that's a one-shot. But, uh, but, you know, they're reaching for, again, an audience that... That isn't me, and that's okay. That was a slow transition for me of like, there are books that I'm not going to want to read, but there are people that haven't picked up comics that are going to love that. Even the silly thing on New 52, when you took away Superman's trunks, I was really irritated by that. And my son picked up that issue, he was seven, went, Oh, good, those red shorts are
1: gone. And (laughs) blasphemy out.
0: Uh, So, yeah, but the
2: the really stupid thing, which I
1: I, I literally (laughs) in San Diego. And yes, they, pr- they were looking at me the way you guys are going to look at me. I <laughs> uh, said so, so to both, uh, to all of Jim Lee, uh, Jeff Johns, and then to Dio, Superman in armor makes no freaking sense. You're doing it wrong. Dude. And he will no longer have the armor. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole thing was, it wasn't just getting rid of the pants, it was um, his costume is now Kryptonian battle armor. Superman doesn't need armor. <laughs> you you see the bullets bounce off his chest. Yes, I know it's turning in indestructible cloth, but the point Yeah. But it, but the point is, Superman in armor, you're missing the point here. <laughs> yeah, and then and
0: then some of the books are also gonna more align with what I think more of the T V series are. Supergirl's definitely changing. She's in National City, she's gonna be uh, uh, kind of trying to make it which I think Marvel has done really well for the last few years. If you've gone to see a Marvel movie, you walk into a store. There's five titles reflecting some vision of what you just saw in the theaters. It's and not they, they, perfect, they, and
1: they have an Agents of Shield book now with yeah. Coulson and company, with Coulson. Who, who mostly had never been comic characters before. Right,
0: right, and uh, you know, Ant Man is suddenly very it's the oh, Scott Lang is that's that's
1: actually good, another good book. Ant Man, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't like how the mates got completely incompetent. No. Uh, Especially after he was part of the Future Foundation. Yeah. And, um, you know. uh, you know, he should be a bit more confident than he is, but it's a fun thing where he basically has moved to Miami because his ex-wife and daughter are in Miami, and he's running a security outfit, and he's hired a couple of third-rate supervillains to <laughs> help him out. The <laughs> okay. Grizzly.
2: Uh, and, and then
1: Machine Smith, who's actually incredibly powerful. Yeah. <laughs> But is, and he's sleeping with the beetle, which is one of these. This is wrong. But, but, but and, it, and, and, it, and the and the
0: ongoing antagonist is there's an app service like Lyft for two super, of them. Two of them. That's right. Because yeah, Lyft and Uber, right? There's hench, and what's the other one?
1: Uh, so, I forget the other one. So you can download an app
0: if you're if you're a secret evil genius, and you can hire henchmen. One fight
1: f- Ant Man, freelance <laughs> bitch for you know for somebody to fight the
0: superhero you want, and uh, it's. It's a pretty interesting take. It's funny. Yeah. Marvel's done doing some interesting things and, you know, hopefully DC is too. Although I agree with you, I, I'm a little fearful that Didio won't let and, it go. And enough. And Harris and Harris. And Harris. That they won't let it go enough. Uh, you know, because I'm 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 wishing for an ambush bug to come back to be the way ambush bugs should be, but it's not gonna happen. Um, um, it could. Um, oh. Given
1: Giffen seems to have
0: I know photos with somebody. Okay, <laughs> don't tease me, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I want
1: to. Although I am not I'm not necessarily looking forward to um Keith Giffen in the anthology title, Legends of Tomorrow, which is basically, it has Firestorm. We can use the title for the TV show. (laughs) Um, He's doing a very weird take on the old kids' comic, Sugar and Spike, which originally was a comic of two kids who were pre-verbal, but they talked baby, and babies can understand other babies, cross species, mind you. Cubs, bear, bear cubs can understand... I don't know how long this book is going to last in in Rebirth Uh, probably about seven
0: because what it was was that last summer they had announced a series of mini-series and then they put them all together in this book for eight dollars you get four basically four full-length comics for eight dollars in this it's Firestorm which that is an interesting thing where Jerry Conway the creator of Firestorm was brought back to basically restore the status quo because nobody liked the New 52 version of Firestorm so he found a way to not invalidate what they'd done but put it back so that if you picked up Firestorm from now on it will look like a Firestorm from 78. I, I,
1: I, w- I would have gone a little bit different. He bas- Basically, Firestorm has had certain people as the merging together. Yeah. Now, bringing back Martin Stein, yes. Y- yes. You want someone very, very different. But I would have actually left... Um, Jason Rouge I would have I, 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 I would have the three of them and any two especially <laughs> since Legends of Tomorrow
0: uh, on TV is, is Jax a, a Jason-like
1: character yeah. well except Jason's the smart one and Jax is the well, closer to because in season Ronnie. one Jason did appear yes yeah, yeah.
0: so it's kind of odd but they have Metamorpho they have Metal Men, kind of the quirky heroes that we liked and I know Metal Man's a Dan Dio favorite and it's a Jeff Johns favorite too because they announced it as a film at one point mm-hmm. and then it's kind of gone away uh, and then Sugar and Spike, as we say, are now adult detectives,
1: cleaning up weird Silver Age things that the heroes are embarrassed w- about, like Wonder Woman's ex alien fiance, yeah. <laughs> and Batman's rainbow costumes <laughs> have been stolen. What was
0: that? Because there was a miniseries way uh, years ago where um, it really ticked Mark Wade off. Who wrote that? Brian Azzarello, I think, about it. Where. Dr. 13 was involved and they were looking through... Oh, that one. Uh, uh, what was that called? They were going through continuity and, and, yeah. and wiping out... I don't
1: know. I actually enjoyed that one.
0: <laughs> I did, but I remember Mark Wave was very upset yeah. because he was... Uh, I mean, the, the title of the collection was, he something, may that was to to me, something close like he, to
1: sense and sensibility, but it wasn't that.
0: Yeah, so they were going <laughs> but, through and wiping out the things that didn't fit in a, in a modern sensibility. So. But... Um,
1: but, and in fact, they're actually coming out with a line of action figures of the Batman rainbow costumes. which is like, oh, cool. And you get the pop vinyls, <laughs> too. <laughs> but I hate pop vinyls. <laughs> but uh, I don't understand pop vinyls. Uh, but, they're, but they're beanie babies. But anyway, um, in, in a couple of months, they're going to have the Sugar and Spike thing team up with the Legion of Superheroes. Giffen has an interesting attitude towards the Legion these days, shall we say. If you read the last few issues of the uh, last Legion book, you'll notice a lot of old time Legionnaires being killed off right and left. Uh, I interviewed Paul Levitz last year at San Diego, basically, about the Legion and all of his work on it. And when I got to that, I basically said, so why'd you do that? I really can't. Basically, he answered in such a way of, that was not me, (laughs) without actually saying, that was not me. So um, it was pretty clear that Giffen was running the plot at that point. And given that he loves to kill off Karate Kid Having done so three times so far <laughs> I have the over-under as four and The number of times a Karate Kid will be killed off and It's happened once.
0: so many times it's amazing Robot Chicken hasn't made a, j- a joke out of it <laughs> Or have they made a joke out of it
1: um, I don't think they're quite as Continuity knowledgeable as they As they want people to think they are they that, put Chip in. That's all. I, <laughs> so. that chip appeared a lot. Yeah. yeah. For, for, if, you grew, if you were at a certain age, Chip was a Green Lantern prominently featured for three years. He was in the Green Lantern book. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm saying I think Robot Chicken is knowledgeable about continuity, but if you're going to get into the really obscure bits, I don't think they're quite there. Well, when
0: you become a staff writer, that's just going to uh, sort of that. headed toward them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have.
0: So. Um, I'm sorry. We've dominated our recommendations. Are there any questions that or, uh, or suggestions? There are any suggestions, yeah.
1: So let's get back to
2: Dominic Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! It's just saying like now there's crickets. <laughs> okay. so, uh, do you work
3: in comics? Like you're very knowledgeable in it. Do you? Uh...
1: Uh, the closest I've gotten, well. Technically, I'm listed every year at San Diego as a quote-unquote professional uh-huh. because they don't have program participant as a category. Although one year I claimed to be a professional news netter, which was really strange. Uh, the closest I've gotten is um, I haven't asked a few times to do research uh, for people. Um, one example, uh, Jeff Johns, way back when he was just getting started, There's a um, Silver Age pseudo-event uh, type thing. And he was writing a book uh, about the Atomic Knight, who was the brought-into-continuity version of Gardner Grail from the Atomic Knight science fiction series back right, in the 60s. Not even and Jeff wasn't familiar, and he asked me to basically give him a research summary of who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. and, and the like. So I've, I've, done, I've done a that. of that. Um, uh, the, paper, the trade paperback of novelization by Marv Wolfman of Crisis on Infinite Ursa. I did a copy of it because the Hardcover had so many typos and weird things introduced
2: into it.
0: Oh, good! So I can buy the. i resisted getting the trade paperback because I had heard there were so many typos yeah. and problems. So okay, if the paperback solves it, okay.
2: That's
1: so, uh, really yeah, just very, very minor stuff.
0: And a book that you can at least get the trade paperback. I should I should recommend, uh, uh, especially if you have a younger reader in your life. You're looking on you know, a, a friend of mine writes a book called Scratch Nine which is a fantastic concept that should become uh, a cartoon and hasn't yet. Uh, was the last the last miniseries was from Hermes Press, so kind of obscure, but the paperback's easy to find. Um, it, it is about a cat who's been experimented upon and can and can now access any of its f- uh, nine lives. So you can call them forth. It's kind of like I, I almost want to say it's like a dial-Age for Hero with cats. Is this, cats.
1: Like, <laughs> this is like nine consecutive lives. You're like my wife as a uh, as a
0: yeah, Cleopatra cat. My life exactly. There is an Egyptian cat. There is a saber-toothed tiger. There's a future cat that's hyper evolved and has mental powers. Does it have a giant head? Yes, it does have. A, of course, it has a giant head.
1: What is the point of a future cat with a tiny tiny skull? Uh,
0: and I could say the proudest moment of being, uh, you know, trying to raise next generation of geeks on the back cover. Uh, my son's recommendation quote: Luke, age nine, uh, is right under Jimmy Palmiades. So. <laughs> My son's done better as a comics critic, than I <laughs> oh, and, I, and I have
1: been written into three comics.
0: <laughs> I only appeared once in an issue of Firestorm, walking by at college. So, uh, you know, that's, see, so, so far I've gotten, I had to write my own stuff.
1: Damn it! So far, uh, Peter David put me in as, as a uh, Starfleet admiral who almost gets to court martial Kirk. Um, um,
2: yeah, you're Dan, not part of canon then. That was wiped out. Uh, yeah.
1: Dan, Dan Johnson put me into a Justice League as a scientist working on the fringes of space-time theory. <laughs> I helped him on some but research. that's real. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I helped him with some research on that one. And uh, Paul Levitz uh, put me in as the creator of Galloway's theorem, which explained where uh, Chameleon Boy's mass uh, appears and disappears to. <laughs>
2: and
1: Brainiac 5 approves of the theorem. <laughs> yes. That must have been before I met you. I would have been like, wait, Galloway, huh? it was after... What? Yeah, right. it's, it's it's just it's like uh, I think it was uh, Phantom Girl and White last talking. It was. It, it it may have maybe as it, well. It, it I, had, had I, had had I, great I great admit great.
0: I stopped reading Legion because for all the reasons people stopped reading X Men. You know, for a while it just became it wasn't my Legion. It was see, we got very complicated. Okay. Not you know because I grew up reading. You know, when Dave Cochran was drawing it, Mike Grell was drawing it. And and I guess Paul was writing, even back Paul then. Paul comes
1: in right at the end of the Grell era.
0: Okay. You know, so I did grow up with Paul's earlier version, but once you had Crisis and Infinite Earths, and you couldn't use Superboy, and they changed that, and then it... And there was a, Mark Wade's was a good version. I liked it. I read it briefly. Which one? He did, he the yeah, the Barry Kitson, the he one, he did one with both with, reboots. <laughs> yeah, well, the one with Barry Kitson, like I knew he was under a lot of restrictions and redid it. So I gave it a few issues and went okay, but it's still not the Legion of superheroes that I like. And that's, I mean that's a challenge that publishers have. Right? Is there's a lot of us that go, well, it's not mine, mm-hmm. and we're a generation that are obviously we're here because we didn't want to give it up
1: that does remind me. I keep forgetting to ask Mark something about um, Brainiac Five and that that particular version. There are some strong hints that he was on the short bus back at Kalu. <laughs> <laughs> I never actually. It was never confirmed. I've never, never, I keep forgetting to ask Mark because he there. has
0: enough patience to deal with humans and lesser intellects. You know, is no, it's it?
1: just it's just some some of the interactions with Kalu and the way he acted was sort of like, okay, here I'm the genius above all, and Kalu, don't eat the paste, kid. <laughs>
2: Interesting.
0: Interesting. I'm trying to think if there's any other books that I would uh, throw out there. I mean, if you're not interested in superheroes, uh, you know there is a wide variety of stuff. Science fiction wise, definitely. We mentioned a couple yeah. monstrous uh, and uh, saga. A
1: good a good store to check out for that. If, you, if you're really okay, let me see if I can phrase this properly. Any good store should be able to give you recommendations across the board. If if nothing else, we're selling a lot of this, even if I don't have any idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, um, but a particularly good store for Superhero plus, as it were, the non superhero stuff would be comics experience in San Francisco. Yeah. That's, that's what they tend to focus on um, more, more so than superhero books in, in a number of ways. So.
0: Is, uh, hey, let me throw a couple out that are just kind of off the beaten path that are interesting. They wrapped up, that, well, one is wrapping up as a miniseries, the other is the first miniseries has ended, it's going to come back. Uh, Mark Miller just created a book called Huck, which is sort of if Frank Capra had done a superhero book. And I read each issue thinking, it's going to betray me. I'm loving this, and he's going to betray me because I didn't this Mark Miller. Because I didn't like Mark Miller. <laughs> and he didn't betray it. He absolutely said it was a reaction to seeing Man of Steel and not liking it and seeing all that destruction then imagining, so what if the, the kind of meet John Doe sort of character from, that was the Frank Capra everyman uh, was actually a superhero, was actually superpowered, trying to keep a secret in a small town and just... Vowing to do a good deed every day, and everybody knows it in the town, and they keep his secret.
1: Well, something to keep in mind is most people have forgotten this, but uh, Mark did write a run of Superman Adventures based on the. Oh, American yeah. Superman no, I had I for, forgotten that, but, mm-hmm. but they were good books. One reason I remember is I actually got asked to do a little bit of research on that. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah, but in
0: recent years, because yeah. you know, you contrast like Jupiter's Children and Jupiter's Legacy and go ah, kick ass. Kick ass and wanted, and I, you know, started hating those. The other one is Grant Morrison's re-write, basically rewriting Santa Claus is Coming to Town as Klaus, which is Santa Claus year one, if Santa Claus were as like a 16th century German and Bavarian superhero. Uh, and and it's funny, because I look at it and go, it is. It's just like the grim and gritty version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Rankin-Bass special. <laughs> but it, it's good, and that is, again, it's it's one my son is like, was well, the new issue out? I want to see what's happening next. And retelling that story in a, in a very superhero trope kind of way it's very cool that's from Boom Studios and, and Huck is from Image
1: um, yeah. I still maintain that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the first X-Men uh, Christmas special on TV <laughs> sure.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I mean it's about a mutant who is cast out from society
2: for those who were fans of the
0: Twilight Saga I really ticked my daughter off when I said look the last movie is like so you know, they they fought and, and and so really, Twilight is about the X Men, but they're all vampires because you get your vampire power. <laughs> no, you no know, it's about Jubilee. <laughs> it's purple, 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 purple. <laughs> <laughs> but they all, but you know, each each vampire gets their own individual. So I said, oh, so the last Twilight movie is really just the Last Stand. I didn't like that one either. So <laughs> my daughter didn't speak to me for about an hour. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering how she got exposed to Twilight there. Bad nerd. Uh, no, I don't have 100% control, right? Um, Picked up on the street. So
2: we're gonna out a- out of gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. My seven year old grandnie said, "My her the uh, complete set of six inch DC Superhero Girl figures. Best Uncle Tom present ever. No Twilight." <laughs> but you know, there's a thing there
0: with DC Superhero Girls. There was I can't remember who just posted. I think it was Jimmy Palmiotti had posted a thing about how he was told to cut female f- uh, characters from one of his books because. They Probably
2: said, <laughs> not not, it was earlier, it was
0: a, year, a couple of years ago. Uh, uh that the, the licensing they said, no, you know, these super, the superhero girls don't sell well, we can't sell figures. And DC Superhero Girls is now this you cannot keep it at stock at Target. And I've, I've and verified the real, that. And
1: the real release is supposed to be in ju- in July 1. You know, I like think the, I this through. morning,
0: if you're not familiar with it, they revamp all the superhero care. Female characters also as, as high the you, you can girls. see like,
1: Flash walking around in the background. Yeah, room. they're all there, but it's really
0: focusing on the girls. And, uh, and Beast Boy because he's... And funny. they can't keep... <laughs> so apparently this line of toys is the most successful that Mattel has done for... Uh, it was Hasbro that has DC. No, no it's Mattel. Mattel. That Mattel has done uh, for, uh, for DC characters. They've sold over $1 billion.
1: And it's also... It's not with the other pardon the expression, boy action figures is exclusive to Target. You want to go look at the, not the Barbie aisle because that's the Barbie
0: aisle. (laughs) Although some poor, well-meaning Target employees will put... There's a Power Princess Barbie that keeps getting... Yeah. And I get going, no, top. go away, go away. It,
1: it, it's <laughs> the next aisle yeah. over with all the wannabe Barbies that has the superhero girl figures. And they
0: can't, they can't keep the stuff in stock. There's, there's play sets, there's costumes, there's... And, and the girl... I and, and, say, you watch that. It is actually... <laughs> go figure. It's actually girls buying it. It's not guys like us going for collectible and we're
1: putting it up in the ad. Well, it's or guys like us buying it for our grandnieces Well, and,
0: they, well and, and that's fine. That's you know, but right. you know, but it's, it's, it's proving that the readership is changing. Or the audience is changing. Are they comics readers? I don't know, but they're consuming in a different way. It's sort of like that, you know, the Captain America thing is. Look, that movie made a billion dollars too, and it's going to make, and it's still counting. And this book sold thirty-three thousand copies. So where's the money right now? And I can't blame a, yeah, blame I mean, a but, company I mean, for saying.
1: Re- re- realistically, Marvel and DC Comics are the idea factory for the movies. Right, their R and i
0: I've heard a rumor that DC has been re. Consider that, but I've never seen proof that they're just R and D for Warner Brothers. As far as what Warner Brothers thinks, effectively, yeah, at At the upper levels, yeah. So that's the age we're going. But comics are still going strong, and um, I hope maybe we gave you some ideas. And (laughs) yeah, yes. And well, great. Then we'll see you next year. Thanks. Big thanks to Baycon for hosting that panel, for having us. And I want to say a special thanks to Susie Rodriguez. Hi, Susie. Who got me into that panel at pretty much the last minute. (laughs) Being involved in Baycon was, for myself, just so many scheduled things that kept juggling and changing. So thank you, Susie. Thank you, Baycon. And thank you, Tom Galloway, for letting me record that so we could put that on. And, of course, you can see Tom Galloway and myself. I don't know what you say performing, uh, at hmm. Comic Con. <laughs> Competing. Fan Co- Competing. It depends, right? As I said in that, in that panel, we alternate depending on whether or not Mark Wade plays. One of us hosts, one of us competes. And so I'm, I'm nervous if I have to compete because clearly I'm just, I'm tired. Anyway, uh, so thank you. And of course, if you, the listener, have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw.
3: And I'm Rick Snyder. reminding you to use Use your your powers powers only for for good. good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke at ww.the